Hello, and welcome to the Tiger Tail Podcast, where we discuss what it takes to build and run your own jewelry business. Before I start, I just want to say how thankful I am to everybody that's listening. So if you love this content, make sure you subscribe and share. And today, I am with my guest, Emily Maltzby of Emily Rose Gems. Hi, Emily. Hey, Jenny. How are you? I'm doing great today. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Um, so would you like to just introduce yourself a little bit? That sounds good. I am in my late 30s. I'm a young mom of three, um, and I started my jewelry business two years ago when I was pregnant with my third son um, as a way of keeping a business and a hobby that I could manage uh, while also raising my kids. So it's been really important for me to make my own hours and set my own expectations and just sort of grow slowly with my family as I uh, have been able to do it. Heck yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That's exact. I mean, that's like exactly why I wanted to start my own thing too, because my daughter and wanting to yeah. do with her. Um, are you self-taught? Because you look like your jewelry looks like super, super professional and like very well made. Like you've been doing it for years. I can't believe you've only been doing it two years. Two years. All right. So here is the long and the short of it. And I'll try to make this a short story because it's a pretty long <laughs> one. Um, I have been cultivating my distinct taste and uh, snobbish obsession with designer <laughs> items for my whole entire life. I, I just love well-made things. And I always have. Um, but I, and I've been an artist and designer my whole life, but it's really sort of run the gamut in terms of I use those skills for what I'm doing at the time. So I went to business school. I went to Bentley for college. And I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. My dad was a serial entrepreneur, and I just really don't enjoy working for other people. <laughs> so <laughs> this was always on my list. Um, but I ended up focusing – so I wanted to do marketing at Bentley, um, but I had marketing internships during the summer while I was there. And when I finally started my junior year toward my major, I was like, I already know how to do this. So I decided to get a degree in um, a Bachelor of English – of just fine arts, a business school. Um, there were four other people in my major, so we got really good one-on-one time <laughs> with the professors. And I just really enjoyed uh, my last two years of college and tried to just think of myself as, you know, I'm on my way to being this renaissance woman. I don't want to focus too hard on any one area yet. I just want to learn as much as I can um, in as many different areas as I can. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just went through life that way for a long time. And I got a lot of different experiences working in a lot of different places, um, but always kind of gravitated towards the creative um, sales and marketing. Um, And I just really found that whenever I felt passionate about something, I could really sell it, but I had to feel the passion. So Mm -hmm. I got tired of using my skills in marketing and sales um, for other people's products really fast. Um, The last real job I had was I worked as a gallery, assistant gallery director, Um, for an art gallery and I learned how to sell and market art and I I just thought that was the most incredible and amazing thing that you could really sell people but it's still so unattainable for so many Mm -hmm. so I really pivoted from that I I started working out of my house exclusively and I would uh, buy uh, thrift store clothing and designer clothing and flip it for a profit 
And so I was just going shopping with my kids once a week, picking things out that I thought were really nice. And, you know, for $10 for a jacket or a purse, um, I would go home and I would take nice photos of it, clean it up and sell it for 100 or $200. And I realized there's just a lot of value out there um, in things that aren't well marketed, you know, that you can just mm-hmm. get behind a quality item and show people really its value. So I created a pretty big following on Poshmark. Um, I was on Poshmark pretty seriously for about five years, raising my kids and just shopping and selling nice clothes and wearing nice clothes. And I started to just dream about what is a product that I could make and put out there that would be something that I would really want to buy myself. You know, what's that product Hmm. that I'm always searching for? And for me, it was really a line of gemstone jewelry that was affordable, you know, the cost of a grocery bill, not rent, um, so, that I could collect, so that I could collect it and create a collection, you know, that was really variable and different and something fun for me to look forward to playing with and wearing and enjoying every day. So that's sort of where this started. And I actually started selling on Poshmark before I even had my own website because I already had um, amassed mm. quite a few followers yeah. there. And so I, I started just with six simple designs. Um, they were based on stones I had felt or fallen in love with in a piece of jewelry before and felt like other people would really appreciate it. But the pieces of jewelry I had <laughs> that those stones were in, I didn't love. They, like, weren't quite perfect. They were too, in my opinion, too designed. And I wanted them mm. to be simpler and more just about the stones. Um, and there's a whole lot more I can talk about regarding why the stones, but I'm just, I wanted to keep it on just the business path um, <laughs> for a minute, <laughs> but, um, you know, there's so much there, but um, in terms of the designs, yeah, just super simple, comfortable, something that people could wear every day. Um, and also that would not take over the hand. So ring that sort of, Days on just that one finger, you can wear another ring next to it. You can wear a stack of rings next to it. You know, I don't want to take over um, the way I always have felt certain statement rings can um, take all the attention. I wanted to create jewelry that was a statement but still could play nicely with others. <laughs> and it really, it really all came down to simple designs. Um, so I, I've never ever made jewelry myself. I'm not a smith by any means. Um, I completely outsource. My uh, production team is in India, and they have been making jewelry for about six generations. So when you say they, my pieces are highly um, skilled and beautiful, like they are made by the absolute best I have been able to find. And I really just, them making things for me is what enables me to look at this business as a whole and really take a step back and design for collectors like myself and not get too stuck in any one piece or design because it's really more about the big picture. Oh my gosh, that is (laughs) so crazy. How cool. So you design them and then you have them make them. That's right. Oh my gosh. (laughs) How interesting. I had no idea. That is so cool. I love this like, um, I don't like the word hustle, but I, <laughs> I, I do. I <laughs> <laughs> well, I see the word hustle like like grasping at straws. Like like I think it's like it's like got kind of like this scarcity type feeling yeah. to it almost. 
like like that there's not enough and so you have to hustle to make enough but i think there's an you know there's an infinite um wealth of abundance available to all of us and so like i don't know i have like a thing about the word hustle anyway (laughs) yeah that's that's true but it's it is a really fun way for me to run a business and stay creative but not too inside the creative because i i love making creative things too i mean i'm an artist i paint i you know i do all the things but I'm aware of the time and energy that those endeavors really take me. So to really yeah. turn it around and make the most impact with my art, I just decided that, yeah, this is going to be the best way to go. Oh, my gosh. So how did you decide to do, like, how did you figure out how to do that? Like, like you, I'm, so I'm you want really, to- so I'm really lucky. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think every entrepreneur would say that. But I'm, I got really lucky. Um Use the advice that people give you. And when you ask for advice, make sure you're asking someone who's really qualified to give it. Um, When I decided on jewelry, so before I picked out jewelry, I was actually like, maybe I want to make cotton bralettes to sell on Mm. Poshmark. You know, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I I hadn't really drilled down on it yet. And when I decided jewelry, I asked my dad, who is a serial entrepreneur, who uh, was a professor at Babson for a few years back there who has a enormous LinkedIn following. And I said, Dad, where would I look to find someone to produce uh, a few of my jewelry designs? And he said, you know, India. <laughs> he really mm-hmm. said, look on my LinkedIn, see if we're connected to any jewelry companies in India. And I was like, okay, I will. <laughs> and I, I looked and I created an email and I sent it to about 10 different companies and all of them wrote back turns out this mm-hmm. is right that this is what they do that jewelry companies in India mass produce things and sometimes they're their own designs and sometimes they're other people's designs and I just happened to uh, sync up with a woman over there who is about my own age and who also is just getting started sort of out on her own um, doing a sterling silver line with gemstones which is what my jewelry is mm-hmm. and um I just loved the quality and the presentation of her work. I, the style was really different, but I could see the focus on the stones was really there. And the more we started talking, the more we just found that we are, I mean, total soulmates and just, oh we're, we're just totally, yeah, we're just really blessed to have found each other. Honestly. That is so cool. Wow. She has, she has actually since, so since I met her, she was doing a line with her, uh, sister-in-law at the time and she has since left that line and now she's only working with my company and she started her own uh unique line of jewelry as well called Moonrush gem stories Ooh, yeah that's cute very cool wow oh my gosh i'm like so mind blown like <laughs> like i mean not to go off on a tangent but i have a background in like online marketing and um like I, when I was first trying to figure out like what I was going to do after my daughter was born, I was like, well, maybe I'll, cause I know how to like, um, find products to sell on Amazon and sell them, you know? And so I was like trying to, so like your story of like reaching out to people in India reminded me of like reaching out to people in China. Like I would have like these ideas for something I could sell on Amazon and I like was reach, reaching out like that. I think like it just, that's, we're very similar, like it, with our, you know, our mindset of like, okay, I want like, this is what I want. Like, I want to be able to work from home. I want to have my own business and I want freedom. So what are all of the ways that I can do that? And like, you know, it just seems like you um, have been super successful in figuring that out. And that's, 
super inspiring and awesome. Well, thank you. I mean, I definitely still feel like I'm on my way there in terms of finding success. This, we've been operating for two years. You know, it's the numbers work, but I'm still like not paying myself here yeah. or anything. It's definitely yeah. a startup in that sense. Um, I think that the reassuring part is that the numbers work out and that that little bit of business school background that I have does tell me that, you know, to keep on doing the same thing over and over again, you know, if it works on a small scale, it will work to scale it. You just have to have that faith and that, that time and patience to, to really do the same thing every day and lay it brick by brick. But, you know, if you can find a, a system of, you know, a daily routine that really works for you and is fun, it won't feel like work. Yeah, definitely. So. <laughs> well, when you find something, when you find something that you are really passionate about, then it doesn't feel like work. Um, exactly. I, oh my God, I just think this is so cool. Like, <laughs> what, what would you say was like the hardest part about getting all of that started and like, like getting everything going? The hardest part, you know, getting it going and getting it started wasn't hard because that I did from a very, um, I would say, laid back position. I would Mm -hmm. say whenever you sort of start sowing seeds of any kind, uh, knowing that every little seed is going to grow, but the, the seeds are small at the beginning and you start with an email or two here or a design or two there or you know, just very slowly getting balls rolling. And so I, I wouldn't say I really realized um, any burdens or hardships or challenges um, really until quite recently. Um, so now that it's <laughs> been two years, and I, you know, and the numbers get bigger that you have to juggle and yep. the there's more customers that are reaching out and there's mm-hmm. more – Uh, shipments every day and you know finding figuring out what to scale first or what to outsource first when you've been doing it all yourself from day one I think that's a real challenge and absolutely letting go you know yeah yeah I struggle with that too like what is what are ways I could outsource right now like what is what are ways I can make my life easier because like there it is like when you're doing it all yourself it's like you want to be creative, but then you're also bogged down with all of the other aspects of running a business, and it gets really hard mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes. Exactly. Um, so I want to know more, like, about your, like, like marketing-type stuff that you could share with people on how to market themselves and um, kind of, like, I don't know, like, uh, be – I'm trying to think of like a way to word this question. <laughs> like what are some ways that somebody who's just getting started can uh, maybe like gain some momentum within the realm of marketing? Yeah. I love the question because I actually get it all the time. And I just gave all these answers to um, <laughs> my, my partner, Banal, who is starting her business and, is asking me to look back and sort of help her get things rolling. And I love, I love to take the time to do that because it was hard. And I was trying to explain to my son who he asked me, mommy, when will you have 2 million followers? And I'm like, dude, (laughs) I don't know, but here, think about it. Think about it this way. Okay. It took me a year to get the first thousand 
Mm-hmm. But then it took me only six months to get the second thousand. Mm-hmm. And then it took me only three months to get the third thousand. And then it took me only two months to get the fourth. So there is sort of an exponential growth that happens. And I think that people don't need to be too worried about growing their following or how to get more followers. I think that the thing to focus on always with your marketing is how do I tell the entire story of my brand in every single message or post I put out there? Every single post, you know, it all needs to have the same voice behind it, the same um, impact. So, and I, I don't know what that is for, you know, every single business, but for me, what it is, is I ask myself every single day, and this is really important too, is don't post more than once a day because I feel, mm-hmm. I feel like whenever I see somebody who's like, oh, let me quickly post two or three pictures, I'm just, I scan right by it because it feels like lazy. It's like if you're not here every day, yeah. you'll try to play catch up with me. I don't want to look at, you know, every post you should have made daily. Like what my people, my customers that are on Instagram and social media, they want to talk to a real person. And so if I'm not going to be there as a real person, I'm not going to go there. You know, I'm not going to waste my time because I want to be there for them. Like this is where we connect. So every single day before I post, I think to myself, what is something that might have helped or that might help me if I wasn't me, right? That might help me if I read this today or might help someone if they read this today. Because the most meaningful uh, messages and comments that I get are ones where people tell me, thank you for making that post. I really needed to hear that today or I really needed to read that today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I one of the things I really wanted to make sure I got to say to you, and it might sound a little cheesy, but I don't really consider my business a jewelry business. I consider my business a self-help business with good design. Mm, I love that. I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I, like I mean, that. yeah. I And I so I try to get that point across, and I can talk about it from all these different angles, right? But I created these pieces because I found that deep down I connect with the gemstones on an emotional level. And that having little reminders on my body mm-hmm. for a certain feeling or a certain inspiration or a certain reminder to myself has just been really helpful for my own emotional regulation. You know, if I, if I know something is going to be hard and I need a little extra protection, I throw on my onyx. If I know, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, if I know <laughs> I need to be soothed, I throw on my imaginate or my Lermar. If I know I just need to give myself more more uh, love and be more gentle with myself. I put my rose quartz on, you know, I, and I've got a stone for everything. And I know I'm, I'm using sort of like the simple basic stones. I love to start people on to explain, but the more you get into gemstones, the more sort of nuanced and complex the emotions that the stones deal with are. And the more stones that you're able to make a relationship with, the more you're sort of able to understand that. And so I just love taking my customers down this road as I'm going down it because I'm still learning about the stones every day. Um, but I just, I realized, you know, something like five years ago that incorporating gemstones in my life and in my daily wear um, was just a really easy way to add a little spark of joy, a little spark of a reminder, um, just something to sort of hold me accountable to myself so 
I totally, yeah, I totally love that. Um, And when I first started making jewelry, like I worked um, very specifically, like uh, centered around what stone would help with what. And Mm -hmm. um, because I used to do like Reiki and meditation stuff and I did critical healing in my sessions. And so like I was super into all, you know, I, or I am, you know, like, Mm -hmm. but when I started making jewelry, I, I was super um, into the specific qualities of each stone and, um, you know, really, really saw it as a tool for people to use. Uh, like, a, yeah. it's like a tool in your toolbox. Okay, I have a job interview today. I'm going to wear carnelian. Yes. Or like, <laughs> like you know, I, I'm going to go on a date. So I'm going to wear, you know, I'm going to wear, and also I'm super into like colors and like co- how colors affect everything. So like, mm-hmm. I'm going to wear this color for this. and But then like, that's how the stones can help too. It's like, it's just another tool that we have right to use and and now like i i focus more on other types of stones and like but i still i don't know i mean i still got all my crystals everywhere but i <laughs> i really um that that was one of the things that drew me into your uh jewelry in the mm-hmm. first place was the how stone centered it is and how you, um, you know, like share about the uh, specific benefits of each one. And, and I can tell that you see the jewelry as a tool, like, for yeah. people to use to enhance their day. And it's, it's just, yeah, it's like magical adornments to yeah. boost your energy and stuff. Exactly. And it fits right in with everything where I feel going through right now, you know, as women, we're, we're really being put under an enormous amount of pressure right now, um, you know, to be everything to everyone in our families and also to stay, you know, in the workforce, we want to be in the workforce. And it's a lot. And so I love these, you know, hashtag women empowerment, women supporting women. Um, you know, it's going back to your previous question about how to market yourself, find your niche like that. I mean, I feel like really lucky that while I'm obsessed with all this stuff in my little corner of the world, that actually a lot of women are starting to realize that we do have these tools available to us and we can share this knowledge with each other and, and you know, let's just create places to do that that are welcoming mm-hmm. and for, you know, for us to come together and talk about this stuff. <laughs> totally. And that's, yeah, it's like entry level, you know, like you don't need to be doing rituals on every new moon to be able to wear these, you know, like. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I uh, I think sometimes it can feel um, like that sort of community can feel um, kind of like unattainable or maybe like too exclusive for some people to even want to dive in because they feel like there's too much knowledge. But I love the way that you break it down in some of your posts, like just so simple and um, easy to just understand too. Thank you so much for saying that. That means so much. <laughs> yeah, it really, does. It, really, it really means so much that it comes across. I mean, I, I don't know if this will go in it or not, but you know, I went through a really hard time after I had my first kid and reestablishing that balance between self and mother um, Mm. was a really hard one for me. 
Mm-hmm. And I did uh, spend some time in traditional therapy. And, you know, that was my minor college. Um, and I always sort of thought that maybe I would end up back in that realm somehow um, to be able to help people because really it helped me a lot <laughs> to yeah. be able to put some words to things that I was feeling. I really am a very sensitive person. I have very big feelings. So to be able to sort of break those down into a language um, and take a step back and sort of put ration to them and be able to name emotions or know what to do with emotions or what to do for mm-hmm. myself when certain emotions are happening. Um, it was just really huge in my journey and sort of just becoming the woman I am today. And this business has been a way for me to share that knowledge, but without being too uh, clinical, because I also think Hmm. that as you're saying with uh, sort of like witchcrafty stuff, I think that clinical stuff turns people off sometimes as well. And I've definitely encountered a lot of people in my life who I was like, you need therapy. (laughs) And they were like, (laughs) no, I don't. Or I I don't believe in therapy or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. It's almost a shameful thing for a lot of people. Or it really, is a shameful thing for a lot of people. Really a shame, but it's a fact of reality. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, just living in America, it's like you've got to sort of, you've got to code it, Sal, in order to make it digestible <laughs> for the mainstream. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a big part of what I try to do is is get that, the stuff that I've learned is just I want to get it in there. I want to get it in people's heads percolating um, without being too in your face about it. Just, just enough. I love that. That is so cool. <laughs> You're like intermingling all of these different aspects into this. I love that so much. That's so cool. Thank you. Where do you like, so how does the process work for you? You like will go and draw up a design or do you like dream about designs and you write them out or how does that, like how is, how is your process work? I mean, all all the ways. Yes, I love dreaming about designs. It's actually really mm-hmm. funny that you that you mentioned that because India is, I think it's six and a half or it's like six and a half or seven and a half hours ahead of us, and it's weird because it's on the half. But <laughs> it's always um, I'll wake up, you know, six or six thirty or seven, and my messages will already have been coming in from Benal, who's you know getting through to the middle to the end of her workday by then. Mm-hmm. So. I love starting uh, starting my day, you know, while I'm still in bed, just already guessing and knowing and, you know, moving on or pivoting or whatever it is, um, you know, doling out instructions to our production team. But it's, you know, it's, at the beginning it was designs and it was drawings and trying to get full um, lines sort of to come across to my partners there. But now that we've got oh, maybe – I don't know. I don't want to, I think like 120 different designs I think we're at right now. Wow. Um, yeah. So now that we're there, it's becoming more about do this stone, but with that setting that we do that ring oh, okay. or do this, you know, so it's, it's minor changes. Um, I have some sort of greater, I guess you would say, visions for the line where it, eventually every stone that's one of our, signature stones would come in a small, medium, and large, in addition mm. to stacker size. Right. So we've got these sort of – I love the idea of giving my customers set style bands and um, 
set style cabochons or ring sizes that we offer so that they're familiar with them so that when they're going to buy another ring, they can kind of already picture how it's going to fit and feel mm-hmm. and try to keep that easy because buying rings online is not easy, right? So yeah. I just try to make it as predictable as I can um, by sort of reusing our classic styles that we love. So yeah, so the that the design process has gotten easier as we've gone. Um, so now it's more about adding one or two special new designs every quarter. Um, it's kind of how it's been going while we restock past favorites, which mm-hmm. I, I, at first I really didn't want to ever do. When I started this business, I was like, I'm only going to trudge forward six new styles every season. I'm never going to reprint designs. And now I just, I can't say no. And what happens is I'm starting to see the value in having, you know, a classic style that like our rose quartz, um, our rose quartz ring, the first one with the prongs that we designed, um, it's a checkered cut rose quartz set in prongs on a two millimeter round band. And it's plated in gold and it's just so classic and such a signature self-love piece. And I love when the setting and the stone really work together to tell a story of what, you know, what a piece should do for you. Um, and so that ring was really like, I designed it to be like a engagement ring on crack kind of <laughs> because I never got an engagement ring. I actually got married when I was six months pregnant to, I mean, my oh husband my and I, we knew we were always going to be together. It was like, we didn't think we were even going to get married. And then we moved back home and our parents wanted us to. So the whole thing, but, but I always felt like an engagement ring really is for a woman to look down and feel her worth. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to design a ring with a, with a rose quartz, but that sort of said that same message. So I sort of said it like a big, I don't know, like a big engagement ring would be. Um, super cool. <laughs> yeah, but that's become a classic. That's become a signature style. And, and the black onyx as well. That that first season I designed a teardrop black onyx, also Ooh, yeah, plated gold, also uh, checkered cut. Just because I love the idea of something super, super sparkly that's black. Um, mm-hmm. Black onyx is such an absorbing stone. And so having it also put out super sparkle vibes, it just makes it a really fun stone to wear. So that has also become one that I can't stop reproducing. And of course, <laughs> and of course, Madison, I mean, the list really goes on. I, I put a notify me button up on my website now because people just keep on asking for old styles to come back. And so, Oh my gosh. <laughs> so now, yeah. So now that's a problem. It's like, well, I only have a limited amount of money to spend on more stuff and right. I have all these designs I want to see, but I have to, you know, I really have to think about what my customers want and, as they're just starting their collections, they might not want to skip ahead to a Morganite. They might want to start with, you know, Black Onyx and Records, as I did. So. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you, so I, I heard you say something about like your vision and it made me think like, where do you see your business in five years? Wow. Five years is a long time. <laughs> <sighs> um. Gosh, so I grew up collecting Tiffany's, you know, the little, I would, I would save up my babysitting money until I had $200 so I could buy a little silver trinket from Tiffany's just to say it was from Tiffany's, you know, I've just, I've always really, really loved the finer things. Um, I would love to be a household name at some point as, you know, just to be known as that grocery bill cost 
piece of jewelry that, you know, is, I don't know, a timeless style, a, a simple style. I, I don't want to compete with all the amazing jewelers and smiths out there. I just want to provide a super, super simple product and a way of getting a gemstone um, toolbox, you know, for your fingers for mm-hmm. every woman. Um, yeah, I would love to be known for that somehow. That would be very cool. But I like that. Yeah, I like <laughs> gemstone toolbox. That's cool because, yeah, like you give people the opportunity to collect a ring for every mood and, you know, everything. That I, I don't know why that just, like, clicked for me. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Like, and then we didn't even really we didn't even really talk about the difference between rings and necklaces or like why I have only those two products for the most part, but I don't I know. If well, so my gemstone exploration really started with necklaces. I, when I was in therapy, I started beating my own gemstone necklaces to wear when I was sitting in therapy because mm. I have ADD, I fidget, and I just needed something to hold in those meetings. Um, I was in group therapy and it was just, it was not always easy to listen, right? <laughs> yeah. So I started making these necklaces and what I loved was I would, I would bring them and I would realize, so I was using wax hemp at the time because I was stringing them myself, but it was still a natural fiber. And a lot of other people were selling and had the gemstone bracelets on elastic. Yeah. And I was so amazed at how differently I felt the vibrations of the stones uh, when comparing gemstones on a natural fiber to gemstones on the elastic. So I got really interested. Mm -hmm. So I got really interested in that. And I started wanting to have my own collection of every single stone I could get my hands on strung on a natural fiber so I could really just feel what I felt like I needed for that day. And I started to equate the feeling of wearing a gemstone necklace with that of wearing a shield or a weighted Mm. blanket or something very therapeutic, right? Putting something on your chest with weight and with a natural weight is there's just nothing quite like it. So when Hmm. I started my line, I started with rings because rings were the products I couldn't find to buy anywhere. And I was still making my own gemstone necklaces at that time. <clears throat> once I got my first six rings and I loved the quality and people started asking me, do you sell anything else? I thought, okay, well, I'm going to have to sell necklaces too, because I really believe in them. Um, yeah. So the rings were always, it's, the rings were a way of setting intentions for me. You know, we do everything with our hands. Our hands are what we lead with. They're out in front. They're for caring and for giving and for working. So the, Stones I put on my hands are very much for the intentions that I set. The stones I wear around my neck are for my own internal feelings, you know, security, comfort, grounding, uh, calmness, soothing, whatever it be. Um, There's just a much different emotion that goes for me with wearing something around my neck uh, versus on my fingers. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, It's, a different energy for sure yeah and I've never thought about necklaces in that way like thinking of it kind of like a security thing especially with the beads um yeah that's super interesting yeah like you equated it to a, a weighted blanket yes. <laughs> I like it's, that it's just it's for therapy and whenever someone asks me I'm buying a piece for someone else should I get a ring or necklace my first question is always 
are you giving them something to soothe them or are you giving them something mm-hmm. to, insp- to inspire them? Mm. You know, do you want this piece to soothe or inspire? Because I really do feel that one is much more of an internal sort of use than the other. Right. Wow. Yeah. I mean, my necklaces, I'll just lay on my bed and like put them on my chest sometimes just because I want that vibration. It's like a trip to beach. I'm like, Give me these vibes, you know? Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. I love the way that you think, and I love the way that you, like, look at all of this. Oh, thank it's you, Jenny. It's very, very nice to be understood, so thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is. Oh, yes. And I totally love that you're doing all of this with three kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Benny Boo is napping right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My five-year-old came down to bother me at the beginning of our talk, but I texted my <laughs> husband, who whisked him away. And my ni- my almost nine-year-old is on Zoom school in the attic. Oh, which, good Lord. I know. I know. We're all just crying ourselves to sleep every night with that situation. <laughs> I, yeah, I, uh, I have a friend, and I witnessed her, her six-year-old on a Zoom class the other day, and I was like, I don't know how anybody is doing this right now this is insane like I don't know how I don't know how the children are doing it like I I was cringing listening to it. I, know. I know and it's bringing us back a very valuable sense of community which I'm grateful for but I I just hope that we can be gentle with the expectations on ourselves for this year because yes it's, it's a lot it's yeah a it's, lot. it's and it's changing you know it's changing them and us and yeah anyway I don't want to go on a tangent about that <laughs> well, it's very very related to the current time so yeah I don't think anyone will fault you for that tangent <laughs> <laughs> um we are kind of getting to the end of our time um I have a one more question I want to get to and then um Okay, so let me just do it. Just do it. <laughs> let me just do talk about, give you my itinerary. Okay, right. so um, what, like, are, do you have any other, like, advice for somebody that is interested in starting their own thing, whether it's handmade or outsourcing it? I am, like, I seriously, I'm just, like, so, uh, <laughs> like, uh, what is the right word? Like, um, not, I don't, like, I, I'm just, uh tickled that's the word okay sure i'm tickled by the fact that um you are doing this in such a different way that like and it and you make it seem so effortless and i mean like i i know listening to you talk about it that it's obviously not effortless but like (laughs) it like the um the way that you come across about it and the way that you um display everything online and I don't know it just it just seems all very natural and it's natural to you and um I yeah anyway um yeah like what what are just some like pieces do you have like any pieces of advice on like just starting out or like marketing or like having a business in general like um I'm not really sure Mm -hmm. if I have a a system specific question but I just wanted to know if you had any other um, pieces of valuable information that people could come away from this with um, if they're just getting started and kind of like wondering where to begin or um, yeah yeah 
Definitely. Um, be true to yourself and your gut always. Trust it, you know. I I really have a strong gut feeling about so much. And <laughs> for the longest time, I would question it because for a number of different reasons. Maybe I felt like someone else wanted me to say something different or I felt like I should like it because everyone else does. Mm-hmm. Um, I should do it because everyone else does. You know, ha- I don't know how, but having my own business has helped me be more confident in my gut feelings. And, you know, sometimes the answer is just because I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and just trusting that that's got to land and it's got to be part of it and it's going to get me to where I want to be in the end and I think it's really important to always be taking steps that are the most natural and true to you because that's the easiest way to go you know if you're going to force yourself to do things that you're not good at or or can't do or force yourself to learn something new um, you're going to struggle there you know probably longer than you should Um, and if you just (laughs) If you just keep moving and doing what's easy for you and don't second guess it. You know, if you know how to do something, do it and move on and trust that you did it as good as you could at that moment. And that that's the most important thing with the startup. And, you know, so many things I have gone back and edited and gone back and changed. And mm-hmm. I'm just so glad that it's at the point that I did that I just pushed the publish button or whatever it was and just moved on um, because every single time I've done that and, taken another step forward it's gotten me closer to where I am now and I wouldn't change that for the world I love that yeah just do it (laughs) just do it don't don't question it just do Mm -hmm. it you know so many people oh should I have my should I have someone else make my website should I have someone else take my pictures should I have someone else sign my logo should I have someone else design my boxes should I there are ways that you can do all those things. And if you're already mm-hmm. a designer, chances are you know what a good photo looks like. You know what a good logo looks like. You know what a good website looks like. You know, I think that trusting yourself instead of letting things hold you up that are unnecessary. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have so many friends who are amazing craftspeople, but they're afraid to put their products online because they're afraid people won't want to pay what they want for them. They're mm-hmm. afraid the pictures won't look good. They're afraid, you know. <laughs> okay, so don't have fear. If you want to, if there's a craft that you want to sell or make for a living, put it up for sale right now. Don't don't hesitate. Take it outside because daylight is best for photos. Take it outside. Get a good photo of it. Post it. It doesn't matter where. Post it on Instagram. Post it on Amazon. Post it on eBay. Post it on Poshmark. Post it on Mercari. There's a million different marketplaces. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that you take a photo and you post it and you're going to learn from that experience. You're going to, mm-hmm. maybe, you'll, maybe you'll sell it at the price you posted it for. Maybe you'll get comments that its price is too high. So lower the price. Maybe if you take better photos, you can get the price you're after. Maybe mm-hmm. if you write a better description, you can get the price you af- you're after. Nothing taught me more about how to sell anything I want to sell than just selling. So yeah. if you want to sell stuff, just <laughs> make a post and sell it. <laughs> Oh my God! Yes, it's well. It's trial by fire. That's what it is. Yeah. And you got to learn. I mean, you can't learn until you learn. <laughs> That's right. And don't undervalue yourself. Don't price your stuff too low because you can't. It's hard to recover from that. You know, yeah. start out asking the price you want, and if people like that price, then they'll buy it. Then keep making stuff and offering it at the same exact price because, you know. 
I think that that's a big mistake people because they might sell something for a, a too low a price and then try to sell it higher. I don't know. I, I really can't. I don't know what that mistake would be. But my point is don't undervalue yourself. If there's, there's a buyer out there for everything. People can sell their artwork on Etsy for 20 bucks, or they can sell it in a gallery for 2000 And the only difference hmm. between those two people are the platform they chose to sell on and how much confidence they had in their yes. work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The confidence. <laughs> so true. It's so true. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you that that is amazing advice. Um, Thank you. Do you have, do you have any like book or class or other like educational resources that you'd like to to recommend? Oh my gosh. Well, I wish I did. Um, <laughs> oh, I should have prepared so many. I mean, I guess it depends on what kind of information people are looking for. And True. if they want to get closer to, you know, their own happiness, um, I don't know. I mean, no, I think I, I don't want to recommend anything without really having prepared to. <laughs> well, you can, how about, how about you message me um, if you think of anything and I'll in the show notes. Okay. That? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, well, um, we are, like, hitting our time. Oh, yeah, look at that. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm a talker. Uh, I should have warned no, you. <laughs> no, I'm super glad there was so much value in our conversation. I'm really glad that um, you were so open and um, helpful with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to do a little lightning round of questions at the end, <laughs> just for fun, before we get off. Um, yeah. Oh, but... Um, before we do that, can you tell me where people can find you online? Definitely. Uh, find me on Instagram. I'm a real person. I love to chat there in the DMs, Emily Rose Gems. Uh, you can also go on my website, which is emilyrosegems.com. Cool. Perfect. Okay, so let's do this lightning round really quick. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What is your favorite TV show? Oh my gosh! Right in that up, uh, Broad yeah. City, Broad City. Ooh, heck yeah! <laughs> I love Broad City. <laughs> okay, um, did you have any childhood nicknames? Emily and Ember. <laughs> oh, you mean like Emily? Emily. Oh yeah. Ember's and then Ember's. That's cute. Emsley was my my very best. Elementary school oh friends came up with. That's cute. <laughs> so um, what? Okay, let me think of another one. Um, oh, this is when somebody asked me in the last episode. Snakes or spiders? Oh, do I have to pick? <laughs> yeah, you have to pick. <laughs> oh, they both are so gross. I guess <laughs> spiders, but ew. <laughs> oh, my God. You're funny. Okay, last question. If you could travel back in time, what time period? Actually, if you could travel back or forward in time, what time oh, period man. would you go to? Oh, man. I'd love to know why they built Stonehenge in the first place. Ooh. So I might pop up there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that would be so cool. Just oh. a big like a fly on the wall. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. How do they Who's do it? Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wouldn't that be so fun? Just, like, yes. laying in a field, like, half a mile away, like, watching Mm -hmm. them. Oh, my gosh. I like that answer. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. Well, thank you so much. So again, um, your Instagram is Emily Rose Gems and your yep. website is emilyrosegems.com. And um, I just, yeah, just thank you so much. And that was really awesome. And um, yeah. It was really fun to chat with you. This was really fun, Jenny. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for everyone who's listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe and share. And we will see you next week. And I will uh, talk to you soon, Emily. (laughs) Sounds good. Have a great day. You too. Bye. All right. Bye.